0: several of you let we call friends, call family. It's good to see you guys here being faithful where we're supposed to be. Sunday is a very special day. It's Sunday because it's a day even when the world doesn't want to admit it. It's a day where everything stops or pauses for what God has created. Thank God for Sunday. In Luke chapter 22 we find ourselves at a place that's about to be one of the darkest places that we see here in the Bible. It's a place where a God has come down to man mankind named Jesus. Our God has not only come but he is now fulfilling the prophecy that has been said that a savior will come He is now here. He is now doing the ministry of his father. But all of a sudden we find him now where he knows the world's worst kiss is about to be laid upon his cheek, mocking him. He now knows that he's about to be spit upon. He now knows that he's about to be ridiculed. By the way, he didn't deserve any of this. But yet he knows that this is about to come. He knows that his beard is about to be pulled. He knows that the crown of thorns is about to be pushed and beaten upon his skull. He knows that they're going to mock him and put king of kings and lord of lords more on the cross that they're going to nail him to. He knows that all of our sins are going to be put upon him it's hard for us to bear our own sins. It's hard for us to bear our own problems. You ever been to that point where it just seems like you're overwhelmed? while your shoulders seem heavy? Because all the problems that you have are upon you. But can you only imagine our Lord and Savior as he took on all of mankind's problems and situations upon him. That way he could pay for our sin debt. On the cross. He knows all of this is coming. And now we find him. <clears throat> in verse 40. And it says. And when he came to that place. He said unto them. Pray ye that ye enter not into temptation. He is with. I guess you could say. The inner circle of the disciples. <clears throat> verse 41. It says. And he was withdrawn from them. About a stone cast. And kneeled down and prayed. Saying father. If Thou. Be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. By the way, we can stop there. Oftentimes in our life we pray. But we see here the perfect example of Jesus praying, and that answer immediately being, he immediately being strengthened. That answer to prayer was immediately being sent from heaven. We come back to that later. In verse 43, it says, "And there appeared an angel unto him from the heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly." That means to fight. More earnestly means to fight, to struggle. That means that Jesus, knowing that all this stuff was going to come, he still pressed forward. He still pressed towards the mark. Oh, knowing that he was going to be uncomfortable, knowing that he was going to have more on him than what he could possibly understand, he fought. And then we continue reading. It says, And his sweat was as <clears throat> it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, And was come to the disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray as ye enter into temptation. The disciples, they believe, probably were there for maybe an hour or two. Some even say maybe a few hours. But yet the disciples didn't realize the importance or the power of prayer during this time. And we find them asleep. That could be addressed to the church house today. Most people are worried. They're concerned. They're frightened. One perfect example I can give you is everything that's happened in Israel. You find people being frightened and concerned. And oh, God's coming back. And oftentimes I have people that ask me, what do you think about the whole thing? I'm like, I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about it at all. I'm like, because I believe the God of the Bible, he's going to handle all that. i was like, besides, when the rapture comes, I'm not going to be here for any of that anyways. I was like, I'm going to be in heaven with my heavenly father rejoicing about the mansion and everything that he's promised me. I was like, but until then, maybe the reason why some of us are concerned or we're fretting is because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing now. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then you don't have fear about tomorrow. But the fear will come about tomorrow if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing now. Let me ask you this. If I was to look at, peel back your heart, and I was to ask you about your prayer life, I believe several of our prayer lives here we could sum it up as being on life support. You think that you know, but do you know that you know? I had a dear friend. He was a pastor. He said right before he was about to preach, his son, <clears throat> he called his son to the back. He said, son, I'm getting ready. The service is about to start. I need you to grab something from the car. He's like, I don't need you to delay. I don't need you to do anything else. Give any time out there. Every father has had this talk with their son, where they're like, son, look at me. I don't need you to do this. I don't need you to do this. I need you to focus. I need you to concentrate and do this. So he said he sent his son boy to the car to go get something. It was raining. It was raining real bad there in West Virginia. He said a few minutes went by. He's like, I told my son that we were about to begin church. Where is he? He said that all of a sudden it went from being mad, frustrated, because the son didn't listen to him. Now, all of a sudden, boy, the church has begun. He has, uh, the choir has already started singing. Boy, the song leader is already directing the songs. And some of the men in the church noticed, boy, the pastor wasn't where he normally is. He was in the back, and they went back there, and they said, Pastor, we can understand, we see that there's something going on. Can we help you? He said, I sent my son out to grab something. He hasn't come back. He said, I'm getting a little concerned. I said, Pastor, you don't worry about anything. Well, they grabbed some umbrellas, and they went outside. And a few minutes later, they weren't even back. Finally, the pastor, boy, now concerned, and now turned into action. He's now grabbing an umbrella. He's now going out there. As he makes his way out there, a young couple comes in. He asks them, he said, hey, do, have, you seen any, have you seen my son out there? They said, no. As he made his way to the parking lot, (coughs) they're they're looking, looking, looking. Finally, one of the men yells screaming, Pastor, over here, over here, over here. The car that that young couple came in on, right behind it, there lies his son. He was running to the car. When he ran to the car, he slipped and he fell. When he fell, when they were pulling in, they ran over him. When they ran over him, they broke all the ribs. When they broke the ribs, it shattered. <coughs> Some of it went into the lungs. Some of it went into the heart, into the liver. So you can only imagine, even with him being pushed into the ground, now that mud and everything else is now being ingested. They found him, his limp body. Though they put him in the paramedics and <coughs> they put a life flight him, and the mom and dad, well, obviously the church is praying. The mom and dad's on their way to the hospital. By the time they got there to the hospital, well, they immediately took them into a side room. That's never a good thing. Well, they took them into the side room. They took them in the side room. Like, we well, understand that you're, that you're the father and you're the mother. They're like, listen, we're going to be very frank with you. We don't give your son a whole lot of odds to survive. They said because of the ribs and everything being fractured and what had happened there, We're literally going to have eight surgeries going on. We're going to take your son's rib cage, and we're going to have a team reconstruct that. We're also going to have a team that's working on your son's heart to repair it. We're going to take the liver out, and we're going to repair that. He said, we're also going to repair the lungs because they were damaged too, and then we're going to put him back together and just see and pray. He said, we also understand you're a pastor. He said, yes. Well, we hope that you can get a hold of God. And he said, Boy, it hit him. Boy, he said, he walked out of the room and him and his wife prayed. But when he got alone, he was like, Lord God, he's like, I think that I know, but I don't know that I know that I can get a hold of you. He's like, I hope that I know. He's a boy, he did what any one of us would start doing. Boy, he started calling other people. Boy, he started calling other pastors. And boy, he said, one thing that irritated him is, boy, he would call other pastors and be like, hey, do you know that you can get a hold of heaven? They said, well, I believe so. Boy, he said he hung up the phone. He said, belief, he said, believing so and knowing so is two different things. He said, boy. Closed, uh, he put the phone down and he called one person after the next person after the next person. He said, finally, boy, he had a smaller country church. He said and he barely could get anybody in, but there was this one pastor. Boy, he had the world's largest church at that time. And he came to his church, and he said, if you ever need anything, boy, he gave him his card. And he said, boy, it was late at night, but he's like, I needed somebody to get a hold of heaven. And he said, I called, and when I called, he's like, I was expecting to leave a message and all of a sudden, boy, the uh, secretary picked up. When she picked up, boy, she said that they were in there, that they were working on something late. And all of a sudden, boy, she directed him to the pastor. The pastor picked up the phone. He said, Pastor, pastor, do you know for sure you can get a hold of God? He said, yes, I can. He said, oh. He's like, thank you. Will you please pray for my boy? He's like, absolutely, I'll pray. He's like, well, when I When I pray, he's like, realize that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we want him to. He's like, but if it depends on us, he's like, we would be able to pray. And boy, everything should be okay, Lord willing. Boy, he said he got off the phone and there was a comfort that came from that. Boy, knowing that somebody could get a hold. He said it wasn't knowing that somebody can get a hold of somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. He's like, this is my boy. He's like, this is my flesh and blood. He's like, this is somebody that I raised in the nurture and admiration of our Lord and our Savior. And all of a sudden now he's down and he's hurt. He's like, Dad can't help him. He's like, I need a higher power. And he said, I wish I could tell you that I was the person that God answered the prayers He thought, but I can't tell you that. He thought, all of a sudden, boy, I'm praying and I'm trying to get a hold of God the way that I should have been getting a hold of God the whole time. And he said, boy, I'm praying and I'm praying. And 16 hours later, boy, they came back. They called him into the room again. Boy, they said you could tell that they were tired. They were weary. They said, Pastor, we understand that we have a church. They were like, it doesn't matter. They're uh, like, Pastor, we gave your son probably anywhere from a 3 to 5% chance that he would survive. They're like, well, Pastor, we're all here to say that maybe your son's going to make a full recovery. They're like, whatever God that you serve, he's a big and he's a mighty God. God. He went to go call that pastor back. When he went to go call that pastor back, He was expecting once again to get the answer machine. Like all of a sudden his secretary picked up. He said it was 16 hours later. It was much later. She said, oh, yes, we've been waiting for your call. He said, she said, oh, well, if you can just let the pastor know. She's like, oh, no. He said that he wants to speak to you as soon as you call. He said, "Well, well, okay, that's fine. Has he been there the whole time? He's like, sir, he canceled all of his meetings. He canceled everything. He's been in this place that he calls the war room, the place where he prays to God. And he's been there this whole time. The only time he's excused himself is to use the restroom and eat on behalf of your son. He said, Oh my. Boy, he talked to him and he said, Boy, they were rejoicing at what God did. But let me ask you this if a pastor called you, Lord forbid. Today, tomorrow, how is your prayer life? Do you know that you can get a hold of God? I'm not talking about thinking. Do you know that you can get a hold of God? The Bible tells us there's multiple things that can hinder our prayer life. Well, our sin can hinder our prayer life. Boy, that's the whole problem that comes between us and God is sin. The reason why some of us don't pray is either because of sin or because we're just lazy. Or the third, which could be most important, most importantly, we don't believe in prayer. If you believe in prayer, then why don't you pray for everything? We see God even before he goes to the cross, He's praying. That's somebody that's practicing. What he preaches. In verse 40, where you see here, it says, And when he came to the place, where's your place? Where's your place that you pray to God? Where's your place where you get a hold of God? Oh, in the old days, we used to call it a prayer closet. Where's your prayer closet? Where's that place when times come? Boy, everybody knows that you're going to be with God. Everybody knows, oh, if they're in that room, boy, God is in that room too. Can I tell you this? Boy, I remember the stories of grandma and grandpas of yesteryear. Boy, when they not only could get a hold of God, but all of a sudden, they're no longer here on the earth. And I know in my family, boy, we had a, a grandma that prayed and we had a grandfather that prayed. And all of a sudden, boy, they're going through the house and all of a sudden, boy, they find Boy, a reminder of Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, in the wooden floor there—there's two dents in the wooden floor where Grandma and Grandpa would hit their knees every single night, and they would pray. Boy, some of my uncles was as bad as Satan's toenails. I mean, they were absolutely just terrible. Boy, they said they couldn't go out and party that night because all of a sudden, boy, they heard Grandma calling down heaven, and boy, Grandma begging to keep their 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 uh, their uh, what would you call it? Uh, when, when, you, when, when we have kids, they will be your grandkids. Boy, they're praying for their grandkids and, and stuff like that. Don't worry. we got the labor and delivery part all down. We're, we're going to be good. Boy, they were praying for them. They said, boy, you can't go out and party like that when you know that someone, boy, that can get a hold of heaven is praying for you not to be someplace that you're not supposed to be. They said it took all the fun out of it. Oh, wouldn't to be a great thing. Today, that old grandma and grandpa, boy, they learned to pray like the old grandma and grandpas of yesteryear. Hey, I don't know about you, but if it's good enough for grandma and grandpa. It's good enough for me too. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't it be a great thing that God's people can get a hold of them? By the way, the children of Israel and everything that's happening there is amazing. That they go through all this stuff, and what are they still doing? Praying. They literally stopped everything and had. Prayer. Oh, they said that wall that they pray at was full of people. Sorry about that. Splash <laughs> They said it was full of people. Boy, they said it didn't matter the mortars. It didn't matter, boy, what was happening there. God's people still was meeting with their God. The problem is we meet with God when the problem shows up. Instead of meeting with God and having that relationship with them, the way When the problem does show up, we can direct the problem right to our Lord and our savior. Oh, America is dying for the prayer warriors again. Oh, I remember when I used to go to church after church after church after church. Oh, there was one thing that pastors would say. They would say, hey, you see that person over there? Boy, if you need any answer to prayer, that's who I would have pray for me. Boy, if you need something, I'd make sure that you give that to them. Hey, where's those people that can pray the house down? Where's those people that challenge everybody? Hey, if you need somebody to get a hold of God, I'm that person. It doesn't matter how big, how tall, how small. If you're plump, if you're skinny, if you're a midget, if you're the biggest giant this world has ever seen, we all can pray. Amen. We have people who's like, Pastor, I just can't do it anymore. You can pray. Pastor, I can't go door to door anymore. You can pray. Pastor, I just can't do what I used to be able to do. You can pray. We find ourselves in a very situ- serious situation here in America. We often play the blame game. We see the politicians do it and us as Christians do the exact same thing. Well, this world is just horrible. This world is just, can I tell you this? The world has been the world the whole time since Jesus has been here. The world has been sinful. The world has been evil. The world has been wicked. Now they're just bolder. And the reason why they're bolder is because God's people aren't God's people the way that they should be. If God's people were the way that they should be, then they wouldn't be as bold. Every time I mention our governor, and we're from Florida, Governor DeSantis, people are like, oh, we love your governor. I'm like, we do too. I was like, he's awesome. I was like, but I tell him this. I was like, Governor DeSantis, isn't the reason why we're great. I was like, the reason why we're great is because he did what the old politicians did of old. And that was this. His advisor, I asked him this. I said, what you know about politics, and he knows everything. What you know about politics, is there hope for America? He immediately responded back, absolutely not. I'm like, great. Thanks a lot. he lied to me. <laughs> He'll have, you know, made it soft blow. He said, like, absolutely not. Then he quickly said, well, there, there never was hope in that. He said the hope was God's people. He said because the politicians of old, boy, when a bill or something would come their way, before they did anything else, they said, hold on now. Before I answer, what does God's people think of this? He's like, what does the Bible say about this? He's like, now God's people are so divided. He's like, they don't even care about God's people anymore. God's people need to be God's people again. Oh, there was one thing it didn't matter where you go. The Bible was the Bible. You didn't have to worry about, oh, do they have the old King James? What do they have? Now it's the Bible of the Month Club. You don't know what anybody has. It's absolutely confusing. And I'm sorry, who's the author of confusion? Satan. hmm. We find here that our Savior, boy, is setting the perfect example for us. Some of you, you may not be going through a rough time now, but welcome to life. It's coming, it's just around the corner. How's your prayer life? Nobody wants to get that news that they have a phone call that they dread on getting. Seems like it always comes either early in the morning are late at night but if you were to get that phone call how is your relationship with your God is there anything between you and your savior that would keep your prayers from being answered where is your prayer closet where is that place in verse 40 that you pray some of you you say I don't have any time well you have 30 minutes between your house and work Instead of you listening to the podcast, you can turn that off. Instead of you listening to the CD, you could turn that off. Instead of some of you listening to the, what, <clears throat> what do they call it, the old uh, <clears throat> disc players they used to have way back in the day. But I tell you, whatever you can do, you can turn it off, and you can pray to your Heavenly Father. No, I'm not talking about the ritual plays, Lord God, now that I lay me down to sleep, Yada, yada, yada. And the Bible also talks about vain praying, where we're just praying, wah, 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 wah. I'm talking about actually getting a hold of God. Are you the prayer warrior? What's stopping you from being this church's prayer warrior? It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. We all can get a hold of God. Another way I can put it is this, when's the last time you got an answer to prayer that nobody else was praying about? We're pretty good about being, oh yeah, I got an answer to prayer, but everybody in the church was praying for it. That's awesome. That's great. That's why we have prayer requests. But sometimes I hold prayers back just for myself. You can call me selfish. Selfish but I just want to know that nothing is between me and my God and he can answer my prayers. When's the last time you had one of those where nobody else knew except for you and you can say that my Heavenly Father answered my prayers? There's something special about that. There's something awesome about that. But prayer is is work. We find in verse 44, and being in agony, oh, knowing what's about to come, he prayed <clears throat> more earnestly. Prayer is work. The problem is, I wonder how many times God has sent our answer to our prayers, but we quit before it arrived. Remember that one thing you used to pray about? And then all of a sudden you cut it off because it just... Seemed like it wasn't that important anymore? Or it seemed like God wasn't hearing you? Maybe it was on its way, but you just quit on God. Thank the Lord he never quit on us. Thank the Lord that he's always faithful. He's that friend that's closer than a brother. Can I tell you this? If you don't know the Lord God, like what I'm talking about, you've come to the perfect place. Oh, before you can know the God like I'm talking about, you have to know of the God. The name is Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the precious lamb of God. He willingly gave of himself a perfect sacrifice for you and for me to go to heaven. Oh, here in a little bit, pastor's gonna come, we're gonna have what they call an invitation. That's just inviting you to come down to a place that we call an altar, where you literally, you put yourself on the altar, and you ask God to deal with you. Sometimes God deals with us in our seat. So when we come down to the altar, we already know exactly what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we can't make it to the altar, so we make an altar where we are. Let me ask you this. Not only about your prayer time, when's the last time you've been to the altar? God should speak to you during every sermon no matter who preaches it. The problem has never been God. The problem has always been God's people. Oftentimes we criticize the children of Israel because it seems like, boy, they're here with God and then they're here with God and they're here with God and they're here with God. God. We are the exact same way if we think about our lives. I'm not here to beat you down I'm here to tell you that we have the blessed hope. We just simply have to trust and obey. We tell our kids that all the time. Well, you tell your kids that. We already have established there's no one. Right? Okay. <coughs> Alright. Making sure. <coughs> Don't want to be like tonight. Hey everybody, guess what? Ta-da! <coughs> I had a dear friend. He he is a great man of God, very bold. What I mean by that is when we were in college, he would pray. And when he would pray, it would always be prayer requests, and they would get to the point where they would call him, and he'd be like, I need you to pray for my brother because he's dying, and he's going straight to hell. I'm like, oh, okay, amen, amen, you know let us know how you really feel we definitely appreciate it and sometimes he would even be more than that he was that person going door to door boy if he met somebody and they rejected Christ boy he would remind them of where they're going to go and how hot it is he had dogs sick on him all the time he was one of those people I remember he said his nightmare was he would get a phone call it would be late at night He would look at it and it would be his brother's number. And he'd hear somebody crying. And they would tell him that his brother just died. And his brother died without Christ. He said it scared him. He said it kept him up sometime at night. Boy, he did this thing with the Bible called fasting. When's the last time you did that? You fasted in prayer not for what you want but for what thy will be done then all of a sudden he said he was lying there <clears throat> late at night he let the phone ring he began to do what we all did you know you're trying to feel around he said finally boy he grabbed it boom fell on the floor <clears throat> he grabbed it picked it up it was his brother's area he said it's like four in the morning. He <sighs> rolled out of bed. He said he immediately began to pray, "Lord God, I've been praying all these years. Lord God, I've been praying all these years." Oh. Well, he went, <clears throat> he said all of a sudden he said hello and he just heard someone crying. He said the way he is, he immediately didn't have a whole lot of patience boy, hearing this person cry, he said, probably for about 30 seconds. He said, would you just shut up and tell me what's going on? (laughs) He said, and all of a sudden, they stopped. He said, but it was an unfamiliar voice that he wasn't prepared for. He said, all of a sudden, he heard Bud, and it was his brother's voice. He said, Bud, he said, I'm sorry that it's so early. He's like, but Bud, He's like, I had to call somebody. And he said, but I know you've been on me about knowing the Lord God as my Savior for all these years. So I thought, if anybody that I could call during this time, but it will be you because I just accepted the Lord God as my Savior. He said, all of a sudden, he was like, "Ah! Ah! Ah!" like, literally, he said he was like that to the point where it woke up his wife. His wife, trying to be the hero, grabbed the gun. Boy came running in. He's like, what are you doing? Put that thing away. She's like, I thought you were dying. He said, no. He said, now I know when the Bible talks about dancing. He's like, literally, me and my wife, tears flowing down our face, sitting there dancing and rejoicing about what God did. He's like the main reason was is because we didn't quit. When we didn't understand why God, even with salvation, didn't answer our prayers immediately. He's like, but all of a sudden, because of our faithfulness, maybe after 25 years, he got saved because we didn't quit. Some of us It's time for us to get back on the prayer train. Time for some of us to call out to God again. Oh, I'm not talking about, Lord God, please just bless. I'm talking about getting a hold of God. When's the last time you prayed more than an hour? I used to hear of yesteryear. In America, where people would have all-night prayer meetings, <gasps> Don't get past to that idea. <laughs> where literally all night they would pray. Some of you in your mind, you're thinking, "Oh my, how could we do that? Hmm. Do you know one matter? One area of prayer that we often fall very short of is going to God and praise. We're pretty good at asking him for things, aren't we? Lord God, I need this. Lord God, I need that. Lord God, I need this. Lord God, I need that. When is the last time you just went to God and you said thank you? We see the psalmist in Psalms chapter 150 when it's all said and done. He said, in fact, turn with me. I don't want to just turn with me. We're almost done. Psalms 150 says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the ferments of his power. <clears throat> or we could read it as if he was saying it because this is a prayer where he said, hey, I just want to praise the Lord. He's like, I just want to praise Him in the sanctuary. I just want to praise Him for... (coughs) In His firmament, I just want to praise Him everywhere. Oh, I just want to praise You for Your mighty acts. I just want to praise You for Your excellent greatness. Oh, Lord God, I just want to praise You for Your songs and Your trumpets. Lord God, I want to praise You. Lord God, in music. Lord God, hey, sometimes I get excited because I think about what God has done for me. And Lord God, I just want to praise You with dance. Lord God, some of you may say, but Jackson, I don't got any rhythm. I mean, I got soul, so I got rhythm. <laughs> but but I just want to praise you. We find him at the end, ending the psalms with praise. When's the last time you went to God? I just want to thank you. Oftentimes people get discouraged, and that's life. Oftentimes I take him the Psalms 37. I take him the Psalms chapter 40. And I said, all right, let's put out a pen and a paper and let's write down everything that God has done for us, no matter how big or how small. All right, I can start here. You got clothes on your back. You got a roof over your head. I'll be like, did you eat today? God met that need. It's amazing how God meets our need, but we don't say thank you the way that we could say thank you. It's time for God's people to be God's people again. It's time for God's people to claim what God has for us. Can I tell you, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 23, it says, all And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believe, and ye shall receive. It's time for us, some of us, again, to believe. If you believe in prayer, you pray more. If you believe that God truly answers prayer, you would practice it more. One of the great men of God that was known for being a prayer warrior was a guy by the name of John R. Rice. They said literally when he died, there was over a million prayer lists, things that were on prayer lists throughout his office that he had prayed for. Then he had crossed off the God had answered, the God had answered, the God had answered. And he said, prayer is simply asking and receiving. He said his greatest nightmare was that he woke up one night, and when he woke up, his wife asked him, like, what was that all about? You were talking, you were moaning. He said, I dreamed that I went to heaven. He's like, when I went to heaven, boy, the streets of gold and everything, it was absolutely beautiful. He's like, but there was these warehouses, and they were everywhere. And he said, Lord God, what are these warehouses? What, what are these things? I don't remember seeing these in the Bible. He said, those are all the answers to prayers. But people just simply didn't ask me, or they just quit. So we stored them here. He said, boy, after you woke up with that boy, he had a more earnest prayer life. He said, Boy, he would beg God and beg God and beg God. Boy, if God is no respecter of individuals, we can go to him too. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter four verse sixteen, and Let us therefore boldly, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Oh, like I said before, I wonder how is your prayer life? And it said, if God mentions something one time, it's important. But the Bible mentions prayer 128 times. And the only time in the New Testament where the Bible mentions agony is in the chapter that we just read. It's time for some of us, even when we're uncomfortable, even before we're uncomfortable. We get this matter of prayer handled it's such an important part of Christianity but yet we don't do it enough we almost treat it like a catholic rosary where you just bring it out and we rub it whenever we need it when it should be available all the time John R. Rice they would say when they were traveling with him he would do this they said all of a sudden you would travel with him and he would start talking to himself one of the preachers I was traveling with him like man you gotta stop that man people think you're crazy I mean they didn't have the bluetooth and stuff that we have now where people just assume that you're on that no this was the time of their old big phone you know where they're hanging it up where you're like hello you're talking and you're listening they were so big <coughs> they said man you gotta stop this stuff he said what are you doing he's like I'm going to God. He's like, well, he's like, tell me more about this. He's like, when I start praying in the morning, he's like, I never say amen. He's like, the reason why I never say amen is because I always want to be in his presence. He's like, because when you're in the room and you know God's in the room, you're probably not going to sin as much as you would if he wasn't. He said, so it's a reminder to me. And he said, and I never close the door to heaven. He said, I pray, and then all of a sudden, I see another need, and I immediately go to the throne. 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 throne." (coughs) With us, it's time for us to go to the throne. Head bowed, eyes closed. (coughs)